my god. This Halloween on Wednesday at 6 and Sunday at 4. You're still on Radio Nova. My name is Mac and we're talking horror. Yeah, so we were talking a little bit about kind of prestige horror versus maybe more mainstream uh, uh, ones that make a lot of money in the box office, basically. And this... I found this fact online i don't know how accurate it is but uh that reviews like good critical reviews and profitability um in the box office or streaming or wherever with uh horror movies usually don't correlate so so like less than 20 percent of the time the really really bad ones are the one that makes the most money and then the really really good ones don't make any money and that's not really the case for a lot of other genres. Sometimes it is, like maybe action films. Um, but just there's this divide between what critics want and what audiences want. And maybe that's uh, kind of why the horror film genre doesn't get as much recognition as it should. Hmm. But would you say that there have been more films over the past couple of years that have proven that statistic to be maybe not as true as it once was? Definitely. Yeah, the, that statistic was from like 2017. So I think in this was like after The Witch and uh, The Witch didn't really get any like uh, awards buzz. Uh, it got buzz, but it didn't get any recognition. It, it got buzz you know? from Letterboxd yeah. or like every boy studying at NYU film. Exactly. Right, right. It's all the, like the film junkies, which they are the good movies, of course, but it all the uh, the Conjuring type movies overshadow all of the actual good films. Not not that there's like right and wrong, good and bad, but, but sometimes there, there is. is. There is. <laughs> there is for sure. Especially with films, uh, with horror films. But um, there is, I, I just wanted to talk about a bit about like the difference between those box office hits. And because there is like a good place for that. Like people love to go to the theater and get scared, but not so scared that it, stays with them when they've gone home it's very like when the lights go on it's like oh that wasn't real like it like Ouija like those kinds of movies but if you're watching something like It Follows or or The Witch just to bring it up again it maybe doesn't feel maybe there's a couple jump scares but it really is something that sticks with you like when you're in bed at night and people don't want that as much as they want to just be fun scared people want the adrenaline rush yeah yeah yeah, definitely. Um, I don't want any of it, but I do really <laughs> like a good movie, so I I put myself in those situations. But um, what are some of your guys' favorite, like, bad, if you have any, because not everybody likes, like, bad horror movies, but... Mm, no, I don't, I don't know if I would... No, I don't think I have bad horror... I don't watch that much of it, so... For me, I'll just, uh, if it's bad, I don't want to watch it. It's wasting my time. <laughs> if it's like, it's not worth it. Right. But uh, no, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Scream, so Slasher. Uh, 
Uh, although I wouldn't say bad, but I would say debatable. I watched some French horror movies. Kind of gave me the um, chainsaw massacre vibe. Uh, two girls being followed across like a cornfield. Uh, um, old cars, you know, rusty uh, dungarees and stuff like that. But it was mixed with sex. There was something... Uh, there was like sounds French (laughs) yeah 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 I I don't know why French horror movies I don't know I just remember she the the girl I think she was probably uh, lesbian I think she also maybe had a bit of a fantasy maybe on the killer there was like a family thing related to maybe Freud or something and I just remember like she would touch herself in the movie and just you're like hold on like you're supposed to die soon like what what am I watching so very yeah strange Wow. wow. I have to find the name of it. I'm, yeah. I'm very interested in this movie. This sounds that, incredible. That sounds like an amazing movie to watch with like a group <laughs> of people. That's just weird. Oh. <laughs> wow. You, Anna. Um, I like a lot of really campy films. So actually, one of the movies I saw yesterday at the seminar was um, Dario Argento's 1977 classic Suspiria. And I'd seen the Luca Guadagnino remake um, from like I think 2017 or whatever, the one with Dakota Johnson. Yeah. Um, you know the actress that people have described as sh- her face looks like it knows what an iPhone is. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I saw the original one yesterday, and that one's so good because like 90% of the dialogue is dubbed. So really? yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dario Argento's visual style is delicious. Like it's just like the most kind of garish bright colors like lots of red and green lighting pink production design but no one in the film kind of um recognizes the fact that their environment is so artificial looking but it's just like all these girls at this ballet school in germany being like killed off by these witches um but it's just such a good vibe because it's like intense kind of prog rock synthesizer music and then all these dubbed actors who are like, the witches, they're coming. Like, <laughs> like it's just so uncanny that I love it. And it's it's one of those movies that's gotten like a revitalized kind of appreciation. Like now, now academics are like, wow, this is a really great example of giallo and like this era of Italian filmmaking and horror. <laughs> but when it came out, people were probably like, this is garbage. But my God, it's beautiful. Yeah. So that's what I love. Yeah. I love beautiful garbage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We won't judge. Uh, so if you wonder about the film, it's called um, High Tension. Mm. What's the French name? Uh, Haute Tension. Okay. It's just a direct yes. translation. Mm-hmm. Cool. And we were just talking about prestige horror films. And I was looking into a little bit about why horror films don't get recognition like, for example, during award season, especially the Oscars, mm-hmm. because while there are some trashy ones, there are a lot of good quality ones, and there have been for a long time. It's not necessarily a recent phenomenon, but only now are they starting to get more recognition. But um, basically the reasons, of course, are people feel that movies that are like Oscar bait or worthy of being uh, nominated are they have to be respectable. They have to be like proper cinema, which I feel is a little hypocritical because there are a lot of really gory uh, war films that are can be just as violent, if not more violent, than 
a kind of a middle of the road, kind of gory, but more just thrillery horror film. Like I think of like every Tarantino movie um, or like Saving Private Ryan is quite gory, but that's also seen as respectable. If that makes sense. Yeah, I, I feel like I think it's about um, maybe br- breaking some sort of boundaries. It's either a storyline that people have to relate to or good acting. Or I think for a horror movie, it would have to be like a brand new genre to really break in into the, the Oscar, Oscar scene or mm. something like that. Yeah. yeah. And I think probably the most violent of the non-horror films that always get uh, prestige uh, stuff like Taxi Driver or Joker or mm-hmm. Clockwork Orange, like things that are so they're they're not horror though. So it's strange that they don't get that horror doesn't get that in in the same way that kind of these angsty white man movies that are more terrifying than say like Scream or The Witch. So mm-hmm. interesting. But I think yeah. that's kind of the weird um, boundary between psychological drama. And psychological horror. Mm. Yeah. Like when when does it qualify as horror? Right. But that's, you know, we're not at school right now, so we're not going to have that discussion. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've kind of been like, I think that's why I've been getting more into horror is that it's it's becoming more more well respected in certain ways. And um, I would say that's because like filmmakers are receiving a lot of like acclaim for for kind of having, like, a signature approach. Like, you think of directors like Ari Aster and Robert Eggers, who they made Midsummer, Hereditary, The Witch, The Lighthouse, which were all produced by A24, which has its own kind of cultural cachet, kind of stamp of approval. Um, but then there's also Jordan Peele, who mixes social commentary with horror, with Get Out, Us, mm. and Nope. I hated Nope. Really? That was really boring for me. It as was well. so boring. Yeah, I was like, "Dude, I don't care about the UFO or whatever this is, and I don't care about your horses." <laughs> um, it was weird, though. It was like yeah. super weird. I think the the monkey scene for me is just, I just that was the best part. That was yeah. the most horrifying part. But it's also because like I have a crush on Steven Yeun, mm. so when he didn't have as much to do in the film as I thought he would, I was very upset. <laughs> um, Shout out to Steven Yeun. <laughs> but then also Ty West, who is revitalizing the slasher genre with X, Pearl, yes. and uh, Maxine with three X's, which, you know, they it's part of a trilogy that he's made. Um, unfortunately, these are all male directors. No. Um, so then when I'm thinking of like really good female directors in horror, you think of Australian director Jennifer Kent, who made The Babadook, which was a huge hit and a surprising queer icon. Yeah. Um, French director Julie Ducournau, who won the Palme d'Or at Cannes in 2021 for Titan and all of her work, including the movie Raw, is like body horror. Um, so really graphic and messed up. <laughs> yeah, I think it was uh, a lot of debate over that when it came out and when it was elected. Uh... But that it won the Palme d'Or is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then American director Anna Lily Amapur, who made the Persian language vampire horror A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night in 2014. Um, so there's like a lot of really interesting work being done. Uh, but then you also think of like international horror, like South Korean horror is super well respected. You have like mm-hmm. A Train to Busan, which is a zombie apocalypse film that takes place on a high speed train. Um, oh. The Host, 
which was, I think that was Bong Joon-ho who did Parasite. And that one's kind of like an environmental horror. Oh. We love a good allegory. Uh-huh. Um, and then A Tale of Two Sisters, which is supposed to be a really disturbing uh, psychological horror from the early 2000s. But also with like South Korean film, they're known for being, I would say, a lot more brutal in how they approach violence and imagery that I know that I probably can handle a lot of a lot of their horror. But but yeah. they've been like super well respected in yeah. terms of like quote unquote legitimizing or like validating the the worth or kind of the the critical acclaim or um, discourse potential of of this genre. So I think that's super interesting. Yeah, definitely. But, I think yeah, that's is are the South Korean films are they more of like in this century or is it this in, century? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but these are like starting I think in 2003 was when oh, okay. A Tale of Two Sisters came out and that I think was the highest grossing South Korean film for the time internationally. Oh. If I'm remembering correctly, but I don't know, I feel like when I think about like the biggest films currently in terms of cool films that people in film programs talk about and i'm in media communication so i'm like in the belly of the beast um it's all the ari aster and robert eggers movies and when Bo is afraid came out and everyone was like it's not a horror like everyone was angry that it wasn't a horror yeah they were like a comedy drama thing (laughs) no no joaquin phoenix no Uh, (laughs) but i think there's like this kind of potency with horror that people want to make it really cool like I was telling you during the break that there's a black Philip, you know, the satanic goat from the witch. Yeah. There's a Twitter account for the goat. Okay. And it's just him being like, mm, I'm just living deliciously. <laughs> like it's taking like this Puritan pilgrim horror that's so contained and everyone's speaking in English from that era. Yeah. And it's like memifying it. So it's like this cool bridge between like you know, prestige, historical accuracy, horror in biblical imagery, and then, like, goat jokes. Mm. Um, Why not? Why not? Yeah, I think we're going to be kind of jumping into some of our favorite personal recommendations. All right. Here we go. If you're wading into the horror genre. Yes. Do you have any off the top of your head, Audrey? Um, These are not prestige good ones. Of I love, there's many, like, Pearl, X, like you were saying. Very excited for Maxine. But I think one of my favorites is like the old really bad ones like attack of the 50 foot woman oh or attack God. of the killer tomatoes i don't Have know you, that one that is it's so good there's two and it's just people it's just it's a lot of tomatoes if you're really really scared very easily that's a great starter movie to start with is that from um, the 50s or 60s kind of during like the it's from like the 70s i think okay yeah 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 just people just tomatoes on windshields and then all of a sudden they're dead it's great <laughs> Wow. And you know what they say? Creativity has no limits, clearly. Yeah. Yeah. I Have you heard of The Love Witch? Yes. By Anna Biller from 2016? That is a good one. And this is like a movie I will shove into any conversation. Like I literally wrote a paper on it last year. Um, but I feel like if you're new to horror and you want something that's kind of some spooky energy, but also kind of funny in, in terms of maybe being a bit more like satirical, Yeah, I really re- recommend The Love Witch because it's... It's a movie from 2016 that is made to look like it's from, I would say, 1970. And it's about a young witch who is desperately looking for love. Um, But in order to find love, she uses sex magic. And it's kind of a really great critique on gender roles. Um, But the production design is just delicious. And, like, the acting style is also done in kind of the same 
way as these more kind of stilted movies from the 60s and 70s that would be seen as kind of being wooden. Yeah. But it's it's so well done in, it, in its accuracy that it's it's a complete feast for the eyes. Yeah. yeah. And very quotable. Yeah. 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 No, I always thought, because what, it was like 2015 or something? 2016. 16, yeah. I went to a midnight screening. Ooh, that's yeah. so cool. There was a friend and I, and then our, one of our male friends we brought along, and he was like, I don't get this movie. <laughs> we're like, it's not for you. Um, yeah. But have you also seen The Wicker Man from 1973? Not no. the Nicolas Cage version. No. Not that one. I didn't know that existed. What is it called? The Wicker Man. Oh. I've heard of it. But was no. that kind of like an inspiration for Midsummer? Yes, yeah. very folk horror okay. with Sir Christopher Lee, oh. uh, Saruman from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> who's also one of the most iconic Draculas of the 20th century. But my favorite thing about that movie is that it's also like kind of a musical. Oh. Like there is um, a lot of folk music that's played throughout, both in the film and as like a soundtrack. And aesthetically, it's just, it's so pleasing to look at. But it, yeah, it's about like this kind of pagan island off of Scotland where a young girl goes missing. So this policeman, he's sent there to find her. And he's just kind of like, man, these people are really weird. <laughs> like they're, they're doing all these pagan practices. What is going on? And then, you know, the situation is not as it entirely seems it to be. It never is. It never <laughs> is. And that's why it's a movie. <laughs> but it's not too scary. It's it's a good starter. It's a good starter. Um because it's, you know, it's all kind of pagany stuff, but it's not graphic like Midsummer is. Um, yeah. And it's kind of a musical. And everyone just looks really pretty the entire time. Yeah. So it's more just kind of a little bit disturbing near the end. Mm-hmm. But I would say it's a good kind of like wading the waters. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're thinking of like big movies from recent years, what would you say is like a really good one that you would recommend? Um, I would say X because I can't usually stand like sit through slasher movies but that one that I was knew, fun it was you knew when they were gonna die too the alligator so, yes yeah, yeah 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 but when you you see it coming it's so much easier to watch or us by jordan peele yes lupita nyong'o is so good in that movie yeah my mom cried in that one she no. cried out of fear yes yes <laughs> no no not because it's so touching but it is but it does it, get a bit it's very emotional at the end but yeah she gets really overwhelmed but love that movie Yes. I want to see more art house horror mm. just because I have so many streaming accounts that I'm like, I need to take advantage of this. But there's this movie that I've heard about from a lot of like film friends called House oh. from the 70s, which is like a Japanese one. And it's supposed to be like super weird, super disturbing, barely a coherent plot. But it's one that like film people are always talking about is like, oh my God, this movie from 1977 in Japan is like the most disturbing thing I've ever seen. <laughs> So I want to like train myself to get to that no. to that point, yeah. But we'll see. Maybe next Halloween. You've been listening to a podcast from Snakerikinovsk for Radio Nova.